Welcome to Bloomberg Law for this Tuesday, September 26. I'm Greg Storr in Washington with June Grasso in New York. The fight over Donald Trump's travel ban has taken two important turns this week. First, the White House released a new, more permanent policy to supersede the temporary one that has been partially in effect since June. Among other changes, the new policy adds North Korea to the list of affected countries. It also bars entry into the U.S. by a handful of Venezuelan government officials. Then the Supreme Court reacted by canceling what had been a scheduled October 10th argument on the earlier ban and asking the two sides to address whether that case is now legally moot. The upshot is the high court is suggesting the justices might let a lower court take the first crack at what are certain to be new legal challenges to the new policy. With us to make sense of all of this is Josh Blackman. He is a professor at South Texas College of Law. Josh, thanks for joining us. Um, The first two versions of Trump's travel ban ran into some problems in the courts. To what extent does this revised policy give the administration a stronger legal defense? Well, thanks for having me back. I've often described the first executive order as if it were drafted on a cocktail napkin. Uh, The second one was a little bit better. This third one looks like an actual government policy. Uh, Over the past three months, the U.S. government has coordinated with over 200 nations around the world to determine what sort of identity management processes they have in place. And specifically, can they verify who is coming to our country and are they who they say they are? Um, The good news is for Sudan, they were on the travel ban and they came off because they've proved to the satisfaction of the government that they can manage their their, their aliens. Um, The bad news is other countries were added, Chad, North Korea, and Venezuela, at least some Venezuelans. And that's because the government could not determine that these people were coming here on legitimate papers. Um, Does this stand a better chance of court? Absolutely. I think the government's in a pretty good space right now. And uh, if the court does ever reach this question, I think the government will prevail. Josh, does it matter that this doesn't seem to be an effective way to reduce the risk of terrorism? There's a Cato Institute study showed that there were zero terrorist murders over the last four decades committed by nationals of the eight targeted countries. Well, I'm also an adjunct scholar at Cato, and I agree with that study emphatically. Uh, But the government's purpose here is not just to stop terrorism or to perhaps say which countries have uh, exported terrorism. The government's purpose here is to say, are people who they say they are? And in terms of that, there's very little to argue with the fact that the countries at issue do not have good diplomatic relations with the United States. They don't have good bureaucracies. They don't have good passport registration systems. And there's a good reason to think that passports from these countries may not be authentic. and They may not be uh, an accurate assessment of a person's identity. Josh, one of the arguments against the the policy has been that it uh, allegedly targets Muslims. Uh, The president, of course, when he was a candidate, Trump, called for a ban on on Muslims entering the U.S. that has has since evolved. Uh, My question is, so, you know, South Korea, excuse me, North Korea has added to this this, uh, policy, and and a few people from Venezuela, both non-Muslim countries, does that do anything to, to help the, the administration in that regard, or are, are the, is that just basically a fig leaf to give it something to point to, uh, to in defense of that, that argument? Well, I've never been persuaded that this was actually a Muslim ban. I think there was always a legitimate justification, a justification that I don't agree with as a matter of policy, but the executive does have the prerogative to deny entry to those he deems detrimental to American interests. But the bigger question is, This is not a slapdash policy drafted on a cocktail napkin. 
Right? This was something done after months of review with coordination with governments around the world. Um, and it's very hard to look at this very sophisticated 20-page policy and say, ah, oh, this is just a ruse, right? They're trying to pull the wool over our eyes. And this is just a secret Muslim ban. Um, this looks, feels, and reads like an effort by the government to assess who's coming to the country and to exclude those who can't be verified. Um, the argument that this is a pretext for religious-based discrimination or uh, Islamophobia, I think, is, is not credible at this point. Josh, explain what's happening at the Supreme Court, the different levels. I wish I knew. Uh, yesterday, the You're Supreme the Court expert. Issued, Dang it. Oh, I know, I know. Yesterday at the Supreme Court, the justices issued an order. The first thing they did was they took the case off the calendar. It was supposed to be argued uh, uh, on October 10th, so basically about two weeks. So it's off for now. They also asked the parties to submit additional briefs on the question of, does this case even have merit anymore? Should we just dismiss it because the old policy is gone? Don't forget, the, the issue before the court was, was executive order number two constitutional? But now we're on version 3.0. And it's entirely possible that justices just dismiss the case saying, go back to the lower courts, don't bother us with this until you have a full record developed on this third order. Or it's possible, and I think there's a decent chance that the court keeps it and says that the second order perhaps is similar enough to the third order, and we'll go ahead and, uh, and review it. Well, in terms of the specific legal question the court asked, they asked whether uh, this case is moot. So the, the, the version two executive order um, extends until um, the, the middle of October uh, in some regards. And then, as I understand it, and correct me if I'm wrong, this new policy, 3.0 as you put it, essentially takes over for all the effective affected countries. What's the argument then that the the version two policy might still be something worth fighting about in court? Well, the underlying issue and what the ACLU and Hawaii have alleged is that the president's animus has tainted or infected this policy and all future iterations of the policy. So it's conceivable, the court says, even though you slapped a new name and label on it, 2.0, 3.0, it doesn't matter, it's still Islamophobia, right? So the court could say, we'll still resolve this issue. Um, alternatively, the court could simply say the lower court screwed up. We're going to get rid of those opinions and start from scratch, which I think is the most likely outcome at this point. Let's, Josh, if we could, let's game this out a little bit, um, putting aside the legal question of whether it's, it's moot. Um, who should want the Supreme Court to uh, keep this case? The administration has seemed to take an approach where they are kind of half-hearted about whether they actually want the Supreme Court to decide the merits of this case. Would you anticipate they would want the court hanging on to this, or would they rather uh, have, as you were discussing, uh, a federal district court take the first crack at this, this newest policy? You know, I'm of two minds of that question. On the one hand, it's always risky for the Supreme Court to rule on executive power. Unlike a lower court, when the Supreme Court makes a decision, it has wide-ranging effects. So the, the U.S. government may be hesitant to let the justices rule in this matter. But on the flip side, the lower courts have been utterly hostile to President Trump at every juncture. The only court that's given Trump a fair shake has been the Supreme Court. In fact, on three occasions, the Supreme Court has pushed back on the Ninth Circuit saying, you guys went too far. 
So there might be a kernel of truth saying, let's let the Supreme Court give us a ruling on the merits. Uh, but I don't think it matters what the government wants. If the justices want to dump this case, they dump it. If they want to keep it, they keep it. At this point, what the government has done is put themselves in the best position to win either here or in the lower courts. I want to thank our guest, Josh Blackman, a professor at South Texas College of Law, talking about the latest developments on the Trump travel ban, including the Supreme Court's decision to cancel the argument that had been scheduled for October 10th.